You can go ahead and be seated. Thank you, worship team. That was wonderful. Always enjoy that. Well, here we are. It's Memorial Day weekend, and we get to jump back into our series, uh, You Drive Me Crazy. And uh, whether this is your first week with us during this series and you're from out of town or you've been here all along, uh, this has been a crazy series, and it's been good. And today we're talking about crazy work, which may feel like the last thing you want to talk about on this kind of this holiday weekend, like, come on, give me a break. For most of us, maybe tomorrow's a day off, but uh, I believe that God wants to speak to us today in this area. Now, before we go into the specific area of crazy work this morning, I want to review the big idea that's been really a part of this whole series, and, and Pastor Ron mentioned it earlier. It, it's, it's the idea that the best way to deal with all the craziness in all the areas of life is to, experience, is to experience and express empathy. And uh, so I want to review what we mean when we say empathy. We've had that, we've talked about it, or we've even had the definition there on your outline. There it is again with a few fill-in-the-blanks if you want to do that this morning. Empathy, it's tuning into what someone else feels, that's at the heart level, validating the bigness of it, and expressing compassion. We spent some time talking about the difference between sympathy and empathy, but really going deep into this idea and going, this really makes a difference. Tuning into what someone else feels, validating the bigness of it, and expressing compassion. And so this idea has helped us each week as we've tried to deal with the craziness in all these various areas of life that we've, we've dealt with. But we have to pause it and say, how can this help us in the workplace? I mean, don't things seem a little bit different at work? You know, I'm not too sure, I'm not sure too many job interviews begin, you know, with the questions, well, how well do you understand and express empathy? You know, is that part of your job interviews? Aren't employers more interested in things like job skills, responsibility, integrity, things like that? I mean, come on, empathy, that's great, but push it aside. Let's get down to work, right? So work and empathy sometimes seem like opposite things. Well, Maybe they should find out more about empathy and prospective employees because the reality is, uh, if we're honest, work can be a crazy place. And if empathy is a solution to craziness, maybe they do need to go together. Now, uh, you, the, the environment at your job may, feel, uh, uh, may or may not feel crazy and sometimes various levels of craziness, but perhaps a specific job you hold qualifies for the crazy job list. I thought kind of for fun I'd look online and find some, some crazy jobs that are here, just the jobs themselves here in the United States, and, and I wanted to take a look at some of them. So here's some crazy jobs. First of all, you can have a job as an ice cream taster. <laughs> not bad, huh? And, and you can get paid for that, right? I mean, but honestly, that's a professional job. Yeah, so maybe it's harder than it sounds, but it sounds like a good thing. Some of you are like, sign me up right there. I ran across one. It's called a banana gasser. <laughs> Some of you said, can we say that in church? A banana gasser. Hold on. This is a process of spraying ethylene gas. What happens is they ship bananas in from other places. Is they ship them very green, very green. So they show up very hard. And now they aren't going to put them that green out. So they actually actually have to inject and squirt in rather into the, into the areas where they're sealed ethylene gas to ripen them enough to actually then put them out at the market. And so that's quite technical to figure out how much gas and what level and all that sort of stuff. So that's a banana gas or you could aspire to that job. Another one, a snake milker. Okay, this is actually milking the venom that is what they do because they use that for a lot of stuff. But a snake milk, milker might be a crazy job that you would go to. Now, now most of us ha have jobs that aren't quite that crazy as we kind of think about some of the things that are available out there. But we still can call our workplace crazy. That is, if we're honest. And we'd be right. And I have to say, even here at Twin Cities Church, for those of us who work here, it can be crazy, believe it or not. It, it can be crazy here. But, and that's simply because, as we've seen in these series... People are the ones that make things crazy. 
people are largely the, the, the things, the ones that make things crazy. Now, I'm not talking about you, of course. That's, that, that's not you. That's other people, right? <laughs> but to other people around you, they make things crazy. And, and you see, people bring their imperfections and they bring their weaknesses to the workplace, not just their skills and their strengths. You get hired for your skills, your experience, your strengths, but the reality is you bring the whole package of everything that you are. So what does make people crazy at work? Uh, things like deadlines and pressure, too much to do, not enough time to do it, you know? Not enough resources to do a good job that you're expected to do. And the biggest crazy maker, crazy people. That's crazy bosses, crazy coworkers, crazy employees, you know, people all around. And since crazy people are often the biggest part of our crazy jobs, then the idea of connecting with people at an emotional, empathetic level is huge, right? If it involves people, most of our work involves people, if not a lot of people. So expressing empathy can be your ticket out of craziness and into sanity in the workplace. So as we talk about work today, I want to make sure that all of us get something out of our time together because some of us are actively employed, but some of you may be retired, you may be unemployed, you're a stay-at-home mom or dad, you may be a student, but I want you to see that you have a job and, and that you have work of many types, many areas in your life that you could properly call work. That might be home work, yard work, you know, volunteer work, household chores, church work, community service. If you realize that there's a lot of things we could call work and all of us have ways that we interact. So anything that we do that when we interact with each other and attempt to get something done, we could call that work. Couldn't we? So today I think that applies to that. Now, today also we're going to look at Ephesians chapter 6. If you have your Bible, you can open up to that. We're going to walk through verses 5 through 9 to see what God has to say about the workplace. Now, on your outline, we're going we're to pull seven ideas from these verses about whether you're going to add to the craziness or, or be a help. And, and here's where you can start taking notes again in your outline. So you have a choice. At work, you can stir things up or you can calm things down. You can be a part of stirring things up and adding to the craziness. You can actually be a part of calming the waters. And so as we look at these verses, we're going to see two sides of these seven issues that come out. Now, because there's seven of them and two sides, we're just going to touch, off the, uh, touch on them briefly to cover them. But we're going to see two sides. For each of the seven issues, I want you to catch this so you don't get confused. <laughs> I'm first going to talk about the stir things up crazy way and then offer you the, offer you the option of how to calm things down. Uh, the way that God sets out in Ephesians 6, okay? So we're going to talk about here's maybe the stir it up way, and then here's God's way to calm things down way, and see how God may want to challenge and encourage us today. So if you're ready, let's take a look. If you want to stir things up at crazy work, first of all, if you want to stir things up first, you simply respect and serve yourself first. Respect and serve yourself first. Now there's an or, but we're going to hold on to the or because that's going to offer the other alternatives. So we're going to start simply talking about the, the crazy-making method of, of, of respecting and serving yourself first. Now, when you're at work, uh, do you sometimes only partially do what you're told uh, when it works for you, you know, at the right time in the right way, and then you maybe do it begrudgingly, you know, the attitude kind of falls off a little bit. Do you find yourself complaining a lot because of how hard things are for you? Or, or, or maybe you don't really respect your boss or coworkers, at least sometimes. You know that's sometimes true in your life if you sometimes put others down, you know, you roll your eyes inside or outside, you know, maybe it's another, oh boy, here he goes again, here she goes again. Um, and, and maybe you undermine them a little bit from time to time, just from time to time. And, because we all know how much wiser we are than our bosses, right? 
I mean, just the reality is that's true. <laughs> now, if you're smart, you can't be too directly disrespectful. So be wise with what you say and, and do and when you say and do it because you want to serve yourself well. Remember, this is the crazy-making way. This isn't God's way. So to serve yourself while you're looking out for yourself. And, and that's exactly what happens. You serve yourself well and you add to the crazy-making because we're all looking at ourselves. And so you see, you can respect and serve yourself first. Or, here's the alternative, you can respect authority and serve them and others. That doesn't sound nearly as fun, does it? <laughs> but respect authority and serve them and others. Now, this is God's way, as this truly honors God, you know, and it honors your boss and honors other people. And it allows you to see others. See, this is going to allow you to see others with empathy. See, see, there's the key. See, if we respect authority, then it'll be easy to serve them and serve other people around us. So let's see what it says in Ephesians 6, starting at chapter 5. And, and Pastor Ron had a chance to read one of the verses a little earlier, but this is chapter, uh, verse 5 says this. It says, slaves, obey your earthly masters with deep respect and fear. Now, I have to say up front that these verses are talking about the slave-owner relationship of that day, which is pretty complex, but, but really, in truth, we can expand that today to all of our work relationships, okay? It's very accurate to say that would involve with coworkers, with bosses, with management, with our work relationships today. So it says to obey with respect. No, it says with deep respect and fear. And those are pretty serious words. Those are serious words. The, the idea is doing the right thing, doing what is asked of you, and, and doing it for the right reasons, too. Not just doing the right thing, but doing, doing what is asked and doing it for the right reasons. And that's respecting the person who's over you or your client, if you're self-employed, right? Because I've been there in my, in my past as well. Respecting them enough to serve them and serve them well. To serve them well. Not because you have to. How do I have to? But because you can. Because you can. Because, because God has put those people in your life, and he asks you to honor and respect them. You know, I, I'm not going to put myself first because if I'm empathetic, I'm going to re realize that it's tough for those around me to do their job. It might be tough for them. Well, I'm so busy looking at how tough it is for me to do my job. It can be tough for them. It might be tough to be my boss. It may be tough to work next to me, right? We're so busy going, he's tough to work with, she's tough to work with. Are they saying that about me at all? See, here's sometimes, and, and true, true disclosures about myself early on in my talk here this morning. See, here's where I sometimes blow it at work, and, and that's right here at Twin Cities Church, which is, by the way, an awesome place to work, I have to say. But um, I, from my perspective, sometimes I caught myself, and it was like God went, oh, and I went, oh. I think people should have empathy with me. Don't you think that would be good if people had empathy with you, right? But I think people should have empathy with me about how much I have to do and how hard I work and how crazy my life can be, you know. And, but I don't always do that for others. Sure, they have a lot going on too, but it's nothing compared to my life. I mean, come on. And, and then and when I have that attitude of kind of putting myself first and focusing on and my needs um, without... Uh, of looking for empathy without being willing to offer it, 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 it kind of puts distance between me and others. It just kind of does. It sets me apart. And I'm learning that it doesn't matter who has the craziest day. It doesn't matter. It's not a competition, and I don't have to win. It really isn't. We can all uncrazy our workplace a bit more if we put that respect and service up front, not just with our bosses, but with everybody that we work with, and not just about, come on, I deserve lots of empathy. You really do. But so does every single person around you as well. That's a part of that deep respect that God calls us to. And boy, you're going to help uncrazy your workplace when you offer that. And I've learned that about me. 
crazy workplaces, do you see how this is going to work then? Crazy workplaces can get stirred up if we handle things our way, or they can get calmed down if we do it God's way, which is, which is frankly often uh, not the way we naturally appeal to things. So that's why God speaks to us. Well, let's take a look at the second issue here. If we want to stir things up in our crazy workplace, we simply need to see our bosses and coworkers as obstacles and inconveniences. <laughs> you want to stir things up, you want to see your boss as obstacles and inconveniences. Uh, do you sometimes feel like those that work with you are just in the way? You know, at least some of them. Now, if you own your own business, you're like, if they're in the way for long, they're out, you know. But, but you're just, you're working around with people and, you know, they're taking up space at best, kind of slowly moving along. And if they would just move, things would get easier for you. <laughs> Do you ever feel that way? In fact, maybe you feel like this slide here. Let's bring up that next slide. Have you ever had one of those days when you're holding a stick and everybody looks like a pinata? <laughs> You had one of those days? I love that. <laughs> Hand me a whacking stick and I'll make some great progress. <laughs> you know? It can be that way at work. You know, you just kind of come in and like, get out of my way, you know? And we may think if my boss would just let me do it my way, then things would really shape up around here, you know? Or maybe it's if I could just have some space for my coworkers who, frankly, are mostly way over their heads in their jobs. This is just sometimes you think this, right? At least for some of them, you know? Or if I could have some of their jobs, I'd put this company on the map. I could really, you know, I, I'd do what they do faster and better, and I'd have time to spare, you know what I mean? It's just kind of get them. But give me that stick. <laughs> At the very least, I shouldn't have to listen to their complaints. <laughs> My complaints are real, but theirs are so petty sometimes. You kind yourself doing that? Someone starts complaining, and you're like, oh, here they go again. Anybody ever do that when I complain? Hmm. Theirs are so petty. It feels like such a waste of time. If that sounds like you, if so, then, then you sometimes see the people who work with who work with you as obstacles and inconveniences. And that's a perspective you may carry. And, and, you, and you won't begin to have empathy for them. If you see them as, a, as an obstacle, empathy is out of the picture there. So you have a choice. You can either see your boss, see your coworkers, the people that work for you around you as obstacles, or here's the flip side. You can see and serve your boss as Jesus. You can see and serve your boss and even the others around you as Jesus. Now, I'm betting that you would never see Jesus as an obstacle or an inconvenience if he was a part of your workplace. If he showed up and said, I just got hired and I'm working next to you, you probably wouldn't go, oh boy, you know, <laughs> Jesus, he's probably going to do a lousy job and just get in my, probably aren't going to do that, are you? It's not going to happen. And so that's how God wants us to see everyone we work with. Ephesians 6, going on in verse 5, we just read the first part. Second part says, serve them sincerely as you would serve Christ. So this is true for your boss, but also for everyone else who works around you. See them as if they are Jesus. Serve them as if they are Jesus. They, they might not be brilliant. They may not be super fast. They may not be easy to relate to or talk to. Personality-wise, you might not totally match up. But God says that you will help them by seeing them as Jesus. That you'll actually, do, actually reduce the craziness in your workplace by serving your boss as if he or she was Jesus. By seeing and serving everyone. As, as if they are Jesus. That's a beautiful idea, but it's not easy, is it? <laughs> you know, Jesus, John, you don't know who I work with. <laughs> you know, it's, it's not Jesus. <laughs> it's not easy, but the truth is none of us resemble Jesus. Not all the time we don't. Not the best of us, you know, even the best co-worker or boss out there. So really what you have to do is you put on your Jesus glasses. 
I'm going to put on my Jesus glasses and my Jesus gloves so that I can see others like Jesus all the time. And I put on my Jesus gloves so that I can serve others like Jesus all the time and, and, and make some headway with that. I'm not saying they are Jesus, just to treat them like Jesus. That's what God asks us to do. Kind of maybe would change the way I do some of my work, some of your work. Well, a third area where you can stir things up, choose to stir things up or calm things down. You can stir things up if you pace yourself. Tell yourself, just getting by is good enough. Get to write all that down. Pace yourself. Tell yourself, just getting by is good enough. Now, this is another default mode so many people go to almost without thinking. You know, they, the whole just getting by attitude is a killer. And why do we put up with that? Because we don't put up with it in our own personal lives very often. But at the workplace, ah, good enough. It's the good enough thing, pace yourself idea. And that's been, this whole idea of me, mediocrity has become the norm. And, and, and sometimes you stick out if you try to rise above it, really. I had that experience early on and worked down at May Company while I was in college. I worked some, and I was like, I just, I went and I worked, and, and then they wanted to promote me, and I'm like, why? I don't even know what I'm doing. Well, you're working hard, you know. <laughs> Figure that one out. <laughs> I guess God felt like God wanted me to, you know. That whole work only hard enough to get by, and then only when the boss or someone else is looking, someone important is looking, make sure you really point it out when you have to do extra so others can sit up and take notice. Does that ever happen? Why kill yourself at work today? Because there's just going to be more there to do tomorrow. It can wait until then. I'm going to pace myself and just bite off small chunks each day. Now, there's a healthy part of that in terms of not going crazy with it. But, but the reality is that can be taken to an extreme. So, so you can. You can pace yourself and, and add to the craziness by just getting by, you know, that mediocrity at work. Or you can do your best work all the time. Do your best work all the time. Now, I'm not saying that you need to kill yourself, overdoing it, you know, kill yourself at work all the time, skip every break, don't eat lunch, you know, nose to the grindstone constantly. I'm not advocating that. I don't believe God's advocating that. There's balance here, but it's a matter of attitude and effort. It's a matter of perspective. And Ephesians chapter 6 goes on in the very next verse and says, try to please them all the time, not just when they're watching you. Try to Please them all the time. And you're going to do that by, by going for it and working, working all the time. Try to please them all the time, not just when they're watching. But well, why do that? They may never see my extra effort, you know, my integrity and my diligence. They might not see it every time. That's true. But, but God will. God will. And, and you're working as if you're serving our all-seeing and all-loving God, right? That's perspective. So that's the acknowledgement that God's seeing. And so... God's going to see you all the time. And, and even if they, your coworkers, and certainly your boss, you know, even if they don't see you every time, overall they will see. They will see that your effort and your hard work actually helps to calm the craziness of your workplace. You know, that employee, that coworker, that manager, that person, that person helps things around here. That person helps things. Well, next, to stir things up at work. Uh, if, you, if you want to stir things up at work, you should work really hard to let your emotions and circumstances dictate your work attitude. You want to work hard at that. Let your emotions and your circumstances dictate your work attitude. You see, if you didn't sleep enough last night, or if you're upset at your kids, or your finances are in shambles, or whatever that's going on, be sure to take that out on the people at work. And we do that sometimes, don't we? You know? 
work slow and tired, work distractedly, work half-heartedly because of everything else that's going on. You see, it's so easy to let our emotions and our, and our circumstances just kind of intrude and dictate our attitude at work, isn't it, you know? So easy to let those troubles and turmoil of life boil over into your work. And the result then is a workplace full of emotion and unevenness and instability. And that's a crazy environment. And yet we do that. Gosh, just this weekend, I, was, I dropped by to get a propane tank filled. Or actually, two of them, you know. I, I was out at a, at a local service station here. And I had a gal come out, bless her heart. But all she did while she worked was tell me, oh, I can't wait till I'm off. I'm so tired. And she talked on. And I, I got so tired just waiting for my propane tanks, you know. I don't know how her coworkers felt. But even as someone who was trying to buy stuff, I was like, oh, I'm tired too. This is awful, you know. And I thought, this is a perfect example of what we're talking about here. You see, you can let your emotions and circumstances which are there and real i'm not saying put on a mask and pretend but but we can let those intrude and dictate your attitude at work or you can work this is a verse that pastor ron Ron read earlier you can work with energy and enthusiasm work with energy and enthusiasm ephesians 6 7 says it straight out work with enthusiasm as though you were working for the lord rather than for people okay now you may be tired you know that's true we get there but god deserves your full energy doesn't he so reach deep and give it as best you can. You may be unmotivated or discouraged about something in life, but God's, God's gift of life, his gift of grace, and his lo- gift of love and forgiveness in Jesus, his, his providing you with a job, <laughs> he deserves your enthusiasm. Really, it's kind of a thank you, Jesus, for allowing me to serve you at work. You know, I love working for you. I love seeing you smile, Jesus, as I do the smallest task for you. I love giving my all for you. I love being able to do that because, because you gave your all for me at the cross. And, and I get to serve you back a little bit at work. I love being able to do that. Even when I'm tired and a little bit emotionally off, I can kind of, I don't, again, I'm not advocating playing games, pretend everything's fine, but I can say, I, I wonder yesterday if that gal at the propane tank and she's working goes, man, I'm tired, but you know, this is a chance to, mm, 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 mm. I would like, yeah, look at her, you know, she's here and she's, I'm going to come back here and get propane, you know, whole different attitude. Well, next, to stir up your crazy workplace here, here's a great way to do it. Feel undervalued and overpaid, excuse me, feel undervalued and underpaid, and express it as often as you can. Now, I put these things out here, and some of us laugh at these things, but the truth is, a lot of us relate to a lot of these, at least from time to time, and that's kind of maybe why we laugh. But if you want to stir things up, feel undervalued and underpaid, and express it as often as you can. How many of you feel like you're paid too much for what you do in your job? Don't raise your hand. I didn't have to tell you, don't raise your hand. Oh, man, they pay me too much. Now, when I used to work in the music industry in Los Angeles before God called me into ministry, I, I sometimes it didn't happen really much to me, but I saw some musicians get paid so much it was almost embarrassing. And you hear about athletes about that now when you start figuring out how much they get paid per game or inning or pitch or whatever like that. It's almost embarrassing. Now, those musicians actually took the money. <laughs> they didn't give it back, but it was, it was almost embarrassing how much it was there. And, but most of us realize that we aren't paid too much. And in fact, you could make a case for, for you know, hey, I, I, would, I would deserve perhaps a raise in pay. And, and, and that's just acknowledging that. And sometimes we don't feel appreciated either. I should get paid more. And I'm not appreciated enough around here. We, we may feel unnoticed. You know, does anybody really see? Does anybody really care? And no one really sees the hard work and sacrifices we make. 
But see, here's the key. We can feel that way, but to dwell on that feeling, that's the problem, you know? You dwell on it, and then what happens when we start to complain about it as much as we can? <laughs> you know, gosh, if they're and all of a sudden the grumbling starts happening, and, and, and that just, what, stirs up the craziness at work. So that's one way to approach it. Or your other option is you can always keep your eye on the proper goal. Keep your eye on the proper goal instead of feeling undervalued and underpaid. And that's the next slide, but that's your fill-in-the-blank. Keep your eye on the proper goal. See, sure, we work to get paid. That's fine. It's, it's just that work needs to be more than just the immediate paycheck. I mean, that, honestly, that, that's a big part of it, but, but there's more there. And Ephesians 6, 8 says, the next verse in our passage, Remember that the Lord will reward each one of us for the good we do, whether we're slaves or free. He says, regardless of that, the work that we do in, in all sorts of work and all sorts of service, God's going to reward us for that. That helps our attitude here. And maybe you are underpaid, and maybe you are undervalued by somebody. I, I value you. And your reward here on earth, let alone into eternity, is going to be huge. Now, maybe most of you don't make enough on an earthly level, but as you serve your boss and clients as if they were Jesus, you can look to rewards from God that will even continue into eternity. And so God would say, serve me well, serve me well. Well, a sixth way to stir up craziness at work as we march through this passage. Okay, so now we start looking at bosses, supervisors, managers. If you're in charge of people, here's a statement to say. If you want to stir things up, make sure your workers know who's boss. Make sure they know who's boss. And that maybe is a good fist thump on the table. So bosses, supervisors, managers, treat your workers, if you want to stir things up, treat them like the frustrating people that they sometimes are. Because the truth is, not all of them have enough skills, at least all the time. Not all of them have enough education and smarts, at least all the time. Not enough of them are always efficient and speedy, at least as much as you would like. So make sure you show them and tell them how lucky they are to even have a job to be able to work for you. And, and by all means, make sure you sometimes threaten them so they can fear losing their job or getting their wages cut. That's a great way to stir things up towards craziness. Now, that may sound a bit extreme to you there, but, but here's what I think. When we're in charge of something or someone, it's all too easy to add to the craziness by acting like the boss. And I love that. I see in some of my younger kids, they, they like to try to boss their siblings around in my crazy family. And so I'm like, but you're not the mom and dad. You're not the boss. Well, just kind of acts like it. Does that actually help anybody or anything? It doesn't. And the same thing's true at work. We sometimes feel as a boss or a manager or a supervisor, we feel like we're something because we're in charge. We're somehow super special, which means we're above others. And pretty soon we can be the reason for the craziness ourselves. How come so things are crazy around here? I'm in charge and things should be different. Well, it's you. <laughs> it is. It's you, at least part of it. Our pride, our selfishness, our ego-led decisions, that can be the deal. You can see, you can make sure your workers know who's the boss and do it with a heavy hand. Or bosses, supervisors, you can treat your workers as, as if they are Jesus. As if they are Jesus. Up. Oh, here's the Jesus piece again. He's playing the Jesus card again. No, I'm not doing it. God's doing it. Here it is. This time it's pointed specifically at people who oversee other people. Again, bosses, supervisors, managers. Ephesians 6, 9, the very next verse, it's talking about this whole work relationship, says this. Masters, treat your slaves in the same way. He's talking about treating each other like Jesus. And don't threaten them, he goes on to say. Treat them in the same way. Treat them like Jesus, which means that somehow we need to figure out how to actually serve those who have jobs designed to serve us and the company. 
right? You think, well, as a boss, as an owner, as a supervisor, aren't those people there to, to serve me and serve the company? Yeah. And then you, need, you can figure out how it is that you can serve them and treat them like Jesus, even in the role that they have, you know? What a fun environment, really. It could be the supervisor, the manager is bringing us coffee. He or she's doing what? He or she's actually listening to our input. They're actually considering how they can help us do our job better. Crazy. What a great, what a great supervisor, manager, boss that is. It is crazy, but it's a good crazy, and it will reduce the craziness of work that destroys so easily that we've talked about here. Well, finally, to stir up craziness at work, if you like the people around you, treat them well. If not, too bad for them, <laughs> right? It doesn't ever happen, does it? <laughs> Let's be honest. You enjoy some of the people who work around you more than others, right? I mean, it's only natural. So what do you do about that? <laughs> See, the crazy-making method is to treat people based on your personal opinion of them. So if you're the boss, you're the decision maker, the person who has some of the power, you know, the supervisor, you the man, right? Or you the woman. (laughs) Pick out your favorite workers and treat them differently. Just make sure you do that. Treat them in a special way that shows they're your favorite. Just, Just do that regularly. Allow them longer breaks, you know, treat them nicely, special privileges. Don't worry about being fair. That's not the issue, you know. They're your friends. They win. I guess that means somebody else loses. Some of those other people are the losers, uh, but that's a bummer for them. <laughs> and, and yet, as I laugh and kind of am sarcastic, that's exactly what happens when we lift somebody up in a special way based on just favoritism is we end up putting somebody else down and basically are saying, bummer for you. And, and, and that's a choice that we can make. We can show that favoritism and that stirs up the craziness at work or the alternative is to remember that God is everyone's boss and he loves each one of us. Remember that God is everyone's boss, and he loves each and every one of us. And so this passage in Ephesians closes with this verse, this half of the verse, actually. It says simply this, remember, you both have the same master in heaven. You, meaning bosses, employees, slaves, masters, managers, business owners, clients, super, whatever. You all have the same boss in heaven, the same master, and he has no favorites. I don't care what you look like. I don't care. I don't care how much money you make. I don't care whether you're a boss or whether you're a slave. I don't care. I don't care. I I care about all of you. I'm not trying to put anybody down. I'm just trying to lift everybody up evenly. And this is really the summary statement that motivates all the, the calming behavior at work. And that's this, that God is the boss of all of us. That's bosses and employees alike. And he has no favorites He loves each one of us individually. So when we work hard and work faithfully, it delights him. Whatever your job is, your volunteering, your your housework, whatever, when each one of us gives our best, it delights him and it puts a smile on his face. When, When we serve our bosses or our coworkers with pure motives, it delights him. When we work enthusiastically with energy, even, even if we don't feel it, you know, and, and we work with vision, it delights him. When, when we stop at work long enough to notice how someone around us is feeling, you know, I'm busy working, but I stop and I pause, and I notice how someone else is feeling. It's a boss, it's a coworker, it's an employee. When we empathize with how crazy someone else is feeling, oh, that delights him.
delights in. So what did you hear today? We, we set it up and then we take, took a look in this passage at seven. Ooh, we can make things crazy at work. And we kind of laughed a little bit and smiled because maybe we saw ourselves a little bit in that. And then we looked at God's alternatives, these seven things in our work areas that we could say that's really God's way that's going to not stir up craziness, but it's going to calm things down. And really we have an opportunity to say, hey, does God want me to change in some way? Wherever I am at in my life, whatever we would call work, are you going to stir things up this week? Are you going to look um, the craziness of work right in the eye and choose to calm things down by seeing God, by recognizing Jesus in every aspect of your work and in every person in your work? And we'll see what God wants to do in you this week. Let's pray. Father, thank you this morning um, for the chance to look at work. And uh, for some of us, work is a great thing. And for some of us, work is just work. (laughs) That's why they call it work, Lord. Sometimes it feels like just a lot of work. And yet, God, what an opportunity we have to be able to reframe things. And to be able to inject some of this empathy, which is really an understanding and acknowledgement of the personality of the people around us. That as we see them instead of it as an obstacle, someone to complain to or to complain about, and all the things that can happen, God, that these people are loved by you. And that I can reframe and see them and serve them like Jesus. And God, I pray that you would call us to that. Uh, to be able to, to reframe our relationships in any work environment. To not just put up with somebody but to elevate them and to serve them, even if that's hard, God. So we need your power. We need your, we need your desire in our hearts. Holy Spirit, come and, and move us in that direction, that we would transform our workplaces this week, that our bosses, our coworkers, wherever we go this week, they would say something's different about him, something's different about her this week. And God, may that be so as we yield to you and your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.